All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig, and we are back after a mess of a week uh, due to technical difficulties, but we are still bringing you episodes every single week, and we're still doing our recap episode of the Western game and the preview episode of the SMU game, but they might be a little bit shorter than normal. We're going to try to keep things on track and focused for these two episodes because we're going to be recording both here tonight so that we can get them both out to, uh, to everybody so they can hear Western, um, but then also get the preview episode in before Saturday actually gets here. So, yeah, we're going to try to do the show better than Western did yeah. during the game. So try try to show up a little bit better than Western did for sure. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, but that that's the benefit of Michigan. So we can't really argue too much with that. Right, right. Exactly. So um, we do have voicemails. So I think what we'll do is I'll go through here and just mention some of the uh, the stats and everything from the game, just a very wide general overlook. And then I think we'll go ahead and hit the voicemails, do a reaction to that, and then kind of just, uh, you know, some yeah. final thoughts after that. So it, it uh, just like I said, uh, really, sp- uh, really hone in on everything and keep it a tight schedule here for this recap episode of, uh, Number 21, Michigan, when what seems like forever ago, hosted Western Michigan this past Saturday at the Big House. Uh, first game for Shea Patterson at the Big House. Um, as he, as uh, if you guys saw it, um, er, uh, Harbaugh said uh, it was, he added some sugar on the flakes. Did you hear that quote? <laughs> hey, always. He's got the best quotes, man. Yeah, when when Harbaugh's in a good mood, he's always got some interesting stuff to say. So yeah, he he yeah. called it sugar on the flakes when uh, Shea Patterson hit the panner. Yeah, when you bring up kid cereal, man, you got me. Yeah, so uh, sugar on the flakes. Shea Patterson's first game went well, forty-nine to three victory over Western. It was almost the shutout, but Western got that field goal there at the end. Um. Michigan, total yards, 451 for Michigan, 208 for Western. Um, uh, Decent day for Patterson, 12 of 17 for 125 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, No interceptions. The uh, running game was more... Uh, used more than the passing game as there was only 143 passing yards compared to the 308 for rushing. Um, Michigan still getting hit with penalties a bit. Seven penalties for 55 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but bum Western Michigan with the only turnover. Uh, just some general things right there. Any general uh, thing from the game, like kind of number-wise or anything before we hit the voicemails? Or Well, I mean... You got to pretty much say, you know, you got Higdon with 140 yards in the first quarter. Oh, yes. In <laughs> the first quarter alone. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> so, that kind of right there was, yeah, crazy on, you know, and then Evans kicked in. But, yeah, to have Higdon just, you know, mowing over people and, and, and his speed was 
quite uh, Western probably didn't realize how quick he was. So, yeah. Some at, of those DBs couldn't get to him. At <laughs> one point, Evans was had two rushing attempts and two touchdowns. Yeah. I honestly thought he should have just quit. Like, they should have just been like, okay, you're done. Let's make you have, like, one of the most amazing stat games ever. <laughs> like, get Drew Wilson in and, you know, start going deep in the bench. <laughs> yeah. Because um, uh, Evans was in a couple other plays, but either he didn't carry or he actually caught a couple balls. So, yeah, when he was two for two, I was just like, dude, somebody pull him out of the game because that would be an amazing stat that that's his his fifth career uh uh, multi-touchdown game yeah yeah so so good to see him get in there more so all right let's listen to the voicemails after each one we'll do a little bit of reaction and everything then after the whole thing we'll kind of dive into it all and talk more about western versus michigan and here's our first voicemail here then coming up what's going on fellas um, Stephen Brown, Mr. Durrell, 1980. Uh, so get right into it. It's not going to be long. I'm not going to take the full three minutes and 30 seconds. But good game today. Wide receiver, multiple wide receivers caught touchdowns today. Uh, offensive line did a much better job. Um, Karan Higdon, I mean, he's my favorite player on the team, offensively anyway, did well on his birthday. Uh, Michigan shows signs of life. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to take anything from Western Michigan. They're Division One players on scholarship, so um, it, it was it was it, it was it was actually easy. It, it, it was easy. I'm not gonna lie, 49 to three, it was easy. But you know, the schedule gets tough. You know, SMU coming up, that should be a pretty dominant game as well. Um, hoping Tariq Black will be back soon. It's it, it's just. You know, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I also don't want to take anything away from the team. They played well. They played well. So, um, hats off to them, you know. I'm finally seeing the coaches, you know, become more assertive in, in their their um, criticism of players. I know Metellus was getting chewed out on the sideline by Partridge. And they're, they're not babying them anymore, which is good. You know, treat them treat them like athletes. I mean, you gotta you got to bring out – the best of these guys, and it is not going to be brought out by, by handing them, you know, roses and peanut butter sandwiches and patting them on the head every time something goes wrong. It's, you know, sometimes you have to you have to talk at them and not to them, and they need to know that you know, this is a big year, make or break. You know, no, you can't lose three games, can't even lose two for real, so their window of opportunity is, 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 is small. They have to approach every game like it's, uh, win or go home. Every game, no matter who it is. Like SMU has to be treated like Ohio State. Um, just like Nebraska has to be treated like Ohio State. So hardball victory that they, they played well. I appreciate my man Craig for giving me updates. He was and I was on my way to work and he was just updating me and even at work. Um so appreciate that. Um so God willing on to next week, SMU. Um as I've said before, you guys do a fantastic job. Keep doing what you're doing. Go blue, man. You know, um, hopefully Sparty loses tonight too, man. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Thank you for that voicemail. As always, a regular caller. Appreciate oh, that. Thomas moment right there, huh? Yeah. 
<laughs> no kidding. And they did. Yeah. So, Stephen, you're getting everything on your way that day. Yeah. <laughs> and Sparty losing and Michigan wins. So, yes, it was a quite a good day. So, yeah. There were... Actually, the game went on until 2.30 in the morning. So, it was actually Sunday morning. So, think yeah. about it. Yeah, that was a late one for sure. Yeah. Um, so appreciate everything they said. Yes, a lot of great stuff um, from the team. Um, still things that you could point out and talk about specifically, and I think I'll wait until all the voicemails are done to yeah. kind of dive into that. But, yeah, he, he mentioned some things. I did not catch uh, Metellus on the sideline, so that was interesting for him to point out. Uh, one thing that he said that actually sparked uh, – uh, memory for me that I totally forgot about not well I don't know if you would say that's not football related but it's our uh, podcast related uh, he mentioned peanut butter and jelly oh yeah man yep. you being peanut butter me being jelly yeah I can't remember who's who actually I think I'm the jelly because I'm the sweet one I thought you were the peanut butter because I'm not the biggest peanut butter fan oh maybe because I'm smooth or I crunchy th- I think I think I remember that conversation. So I might have to dig back uh, through and find out exactly who is who. But right. yeah, because yeah, we were at one point. Who, where did that even come from? The peanut butter and jelly show. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but who do you remember who said it? Somebody did. If somebody remembers, feel free to remind us. Send us a note. Talk to us on Twitter. Let us know. But we'll kind of dig into that. Anyways, though, to get back to uh, what the callers were saying, let's go to our next voicemail here and uh, listen up. Hello, Jedi Wolverines. Uh, Good old Jim P here, Jim PL9 on Twitter. And uh, I'm still kind of happy that Sparty got beat by Arizona State. You know, Sparty's kind of struggled for two games, and I think we're going to kick their butt. But anyway, um, kind of ready for the game this week. I'll tell you something I was thinking about today I would like to see. It appears that our defensive line in the middle has been getting pushed around a little bit, especially with Solomon being out. I was kind of wondering if they would start moving Rashawn Gary up and down the line to create some mismatches. The same with Winovich. Got to use some stunts with those two also. I mean, I know they do somewhat, but to really take advantage of these two right now with the injury problems on the interior part. Uh, I like the passing game from the other day. I know it was, I know it was West Michigan. I mean, come on, but just some of the, I mean, it looked better. I think that Collins is going to get open every game. It just seems like the first two games he's busted it open deep. I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, the running game, I don't know. I had a I had a fellow Michigan fan. I won't say the name, but they were talking about how Higdon tends to go down after the first hit. He doesn't really drag people with him that much. He does some, but maybe somebody's being a pissant. I don't know. Excuse my French. Oh, uh, we. Got a couple of, uh, couple of good recruits here lately, especially today. They, they got that boy from California to come and, uh, then they got the flip from 
Florida State. There may be more of those because I'll tell you, uh, Slick Willie Tiger is not looking too hot right now. But I will say this, and I'll end the call. When they play Sparty, Arizona State was getting receivers on post patterns open down the field, and the issue was their quarterback was just overthrowing the ball. You know, he's not a very good quarterback. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of thinking that maybe we get a couple bombs on Sparty in their backyard and piss off D'Antonio. And I read an interesting stat on D'Antonio. Their last 25 games, they're 12 and 13. Just saying, guys. Hey, thanks for taking my call. And as always, go blue. All right, Jim. Always appreciate the phone calls. Yes, I saw that interesting stat there, too. But nobody wants to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, shocker, shocker. You're not going to hear people in the in on Michigan sport, um, like in the state of Michigan on sports shows, talk about that a whole lot because it seems like they, they don't care because the more interesting topics always revolve around Harbaugh. But, yeah, I saw that. That was interesting, too. Um, and... Uh, Thank you for your take on the Western game. Uh, it, it is difficult to tell a little bit. It is Western, so we'll kind of see how things go with SMU. And then uh, Nebraska will give us a decent information later. But um, one thing that I wanted to mention, because it's not related to the, the Western game, but the Arizona State game, mm-hmm. totally agree with what he was saying because I was uh, tweeting out about it that night. I'm up late. I are you kidding me? I love college football. I'll watch anything until it's done. You and I pretty much will yeah. be up at that time. Oh yeah. Um, so I was. Wa- I will. I always watch the late night games. Friday night, Saturday night, even if it's Thursday night, whatever. I'm up watching it. Uh, so I watched that game, and uh, I, w- I I said almost the exact same thing. I was just like, dude, if this quarterback was a better quarterback. He and he could connect to some of his receivers. They would probably be torching Michigan State right now. Oh yeah, oh I agree. Yeah, they, you know, he, the quarterback was, you know, he's, well, he actually to laugh. He's kind of like an RPO quarterback, isn't he? <laughs> Which I don't know if you heard. It's basically communism, right? <laughs> Given what Fitzgerald said, did you hear about that? Yeah, I didn't read that uh, yet, but I did see he said something about that. Uh, Northwestern well, RPO being run pass and uh, option. So, and that's basically kind of what the Arizona state quarterback was, but uh, you know, he's very elusive and athletic, but uh, yeah, he had a tough time throwing in that game, but if he would have connected on more of those throws, yeah, they would have really beat the pants off of a Michigan state. So, but, yeah. Uh, and I believe Shea Patterson is, like a thousand times better than their yeah. quarterback as far as they passing certainly, goes. Well, they blitzed all that whole game, so yeah. So uh, as long as by the time that game comes around, if the if they scheme things correctly and have good plays where they get enough protection for, I was counting on some of the plays, and there was like four seconds against Western. Of course, again, we're saying it's Western, um, but four seconds where he was in the pocket instead of like one or two seconds. Um, that opens up a lot of opportunities. And if we can do that against Michigan State, now, of course, I don't think it's going to happen as much. But if we can do that a few times, I think that at least out a few times, there will be those big pass plays available. So, Yeah, and, you know, back to Jim Pugh's talking about the defensive line. Yeah, you know, and 
a lot of that game, they were pretty much double teaming and triple teaming uh, Rashawn Gary, so which is our best defensive lineman. So, and you know, it's way the way it was going. So yeah, you know, I'm sure they're working on that, but uh, it was a good win. Yeah, for sure. So we'll we'll see with that, and yeah, we'll see um, if other we'll we'll be watching because uh, I watch the other teams too. Um, I watch SMU TCU play in preparation for the SMU game, uh, and so I like watching the teams beforehand. So uh, we'll be watching State as they go along. We'll be watching along with some of the Nebraska games now that they're finally playing games because the first game was canceled and things like that. So we'll be watching Michigan progress, but also the teams that they'll be facing down the season. So it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. Um, we have two uh, more voicemails here, and they are both uh, from the same caller, so we will get these in here uh, right now. Hello, Blue Brothers. This is Ray from Tampa. It's been a long season. Uh, well, long off season, shall I say. Uh, missed hearing you guys, but kept up on the show. Uh, in regards to Michigan, Notre Dame game was very ugly. The defense came out extremely flat. Uh, offense couldn't do anything. And then I saw the West, the Western Michigan, and everyone actually played to their capability outside of a few positions in regards to the tackles. Um, a little scare in the linebackers, but for the most part, I am very, very uh, uh, happy with the offense and defense. And yes, it was a lesser team, but the difference is, unlike Notre Dame and Michigan State, the University of Michigan did not come out flat and lose to teams that they should have beaten. Um, Notre Dame should have lost the Ball State game. Uh, Michigan State, they did lose to uh, Arizona State, and they really should have lost to Appalachian State. But Michigan, the offense, it looks like what it should have looked like for the past few years. Shea Patterson is doing well. You know, we got the running backs running the ball. I'm happy about the wide receivers. At least the wide receivers are actually catching touchdowns now and not just making first downs. Um, but I'm excited about the defense. The offense can grow. I want to see if they keep up what they're doing with Western, with uh, SMU, and then see what happens from there. Only thing I can say is go blue. Love your show. Keep doing a good job. All right, we've got a second voicemail here, uh, also from Ray. So, Hey, guys, this is Ray from Tampa again. Uh, just one quick thought. What are your thoughts on Dylan McCaffrey? Every time this guy comes in, he seems to control the game. Uh, I'm just wondering if y'all are seeing the same thing, if y'all have any uh, observations in it. I truly believe that if given the opportunity, um, he will take the starting job from Shea Patterson. And I think Shea Patterson is great, but – I think what Dylan McCaffrey is doing and can do is far better, let alone showing that 
if he's not the quarterback this year, he will definitely be the quarterback of the future. Um, definitely next year. So give me your thoughts. I was just wondering. I uh, decided to ask you about it. Go Blue. All right, Ray, thank you for the vo- those voicemails, and thank you for the question. We always uh, appreciate questions. We're happy to uh, talk on those things. Yeah. Um, I've um, loved Dylan McCaffrey so far. Uh, we both have talked about it, uh, you and I both, Craig. Um, Harbaugh has come out and said that there's a, a coolness about him. I think I called him Iceman. Wait, no. Did I say it on the show? Did I say Iceman on the show? Yeah. Okay. I, I had the conversation with somebody else, and – I know I said it to someone else, so I couldn't remember if I said it on the show. But yeah, he's he's cool. Like he's just like a cool cat in his uh in his pocket, does his thing. He's uh he has not shown that he's been super stressed out, especially being in the Notre Dame game when he was in a uh in a tight position, right? In a tight position, uh we were behind. So it's not like he was playing with a lead or anything. And hostile crowd. I mean, yes, on the road, absolutely good thing to point out, hostile crowd. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's great. I do not think that he's going to do – I personally don't think, and I'll let you, Craig, give your thoughts. I personally don't think he's going to do anything to take the job from Shea Patterson. I mean, I think he's fantastic. fantastic. But the amazing, awesome thing is we have – a legitimate quarterback, starting quarterback, and we have a legitimate backup who are oh, yeah. both very capable. It makes me think of um, 2015 when we had Jake Rudock. Uh, Spate was a good backup. I don't really think – I don't – and and not here to dog him or anything, but I don't think he's the greatest starter. Um, but when he was a backup and when he had to come in for the Minnesota game, he came in, he did his job, he did what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, and you know, that's just all we, he would do what we needed from him. It's not like he was going to go out, we were putting him out there to be the starting quarterback at that time. So um, that's kind of what I see. I, I think Dil- I, I think Dylan's like leaps and bounds better than Spate. Um, but just the situation that we are now where we, Definitely didn't have that in 2017, and it didn't look very good in 2016 either of having a strong starting quarterback and a strong backup to where for years and years, I I remember this before Harbo was there too, where if the starting quarterback goes down, you feel like, well, that's that's it. You know, we're not going to recover. But then you watch other teams like the Ohio States, the Alabamas, where they're just locked loaded and ready to go yeah their next up was good right yeah yep yep well yeah you're right i you know it's one of those questions i don't want to answer because um i am somewhat lean towards what ray's saying just because of that calm cool collective anytime a mccaffrey gets in there i just go this dude just says something about him. He's really tall. You know, he's got kind of the Wilton Spate hype going. <clears throat> and you said he's just got this charisma and this attitude like he's going to win. Uh, he's calm, cool. He's got ice in his veins. Nothing, he doesn't let the crowd bother him. To do it in South Bend, to go in there, when I saw him go in, I said, well, well let's see what this kid can do. And he kind of just shook it off. I mean, it wasn't um, – the voice, his demeanor in the whole game wasn't like – like Spate and Peters seems to give off, and even a corn. All three of those guys are good. They're good quarterbacks. Well, a corn, on the other hand, eh, I don't know. But the other two, 
there's good things about them, but the problem is if they get rattled, you know, that's where their demeanor and how they handle the game usually comes into play. And I think we saw that with Peters with the South Carolina game. He got rattled and he couldn't come back from it. You can tell from his face. Wilton Spade at times couldn't do it. And definitely a corn couldn't. So, and I think you got this backup in McCaffrey who's just really, really good. So, and you know what? It's one of those things where this is good for Michigan because of the very fact you got Shea Patterson going, this McCaffrey kid is really good and he's playing great. If I go down if I, or if I don't play well, this kid's going to take my job and I don't think I want that. <laughs> so, Shea's going to be watching out for himself and I think he's going to try to play his A game because that, that kid is good. So, yeah, uh, and yeah, very valid uh, points with that and everything. And so it, it's a good situation to have where basically, essentially before it was just kind yeah. of like we didn't know who was going to be doing what because they were playing on the same level, which was not a high level. But now we have two quarterbacks, at least two quarterbacks playing on a very high level, uh, competing very well. So, yeah, it's a feel I feel like it's like a Henson and Brady thing going. <laughs> yeah. You had two quarterbacks who could really get the job done, and great. So, and good. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, good problem to have, huh? Mm-hmm. For <laughs> sure, I will take that all day. Um, so to look back then at the game and dive in a little bit more, uh, the to step back and look look at what we did with the preview episode. Uh, let's see. Michigan was favored by twenty-seven and a half points. Over under fifty six and a half. It was the under, and um, they did cover the spread. Both yep. of us were both of us had the under, but we both had Western covering the spread, so we were wrong with that. We were waiting for the offense to show and prove us something, so uh, we had the score predictions. I had thirty four ten. You had twenty eight thirteen. Uh, so both of us, I can safely say, we're happy to have the. Oh, yeah. Uh, offense prove us wrong, as we asked them to do. Um, the lock and dump questions that we had for last week, Michigan will have a passing touchdown longer than 45 yards. Guess how long the longest touchdown was? Is that the Nico one? Yeah. <laughs> do you know how long it was? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it was just under 40, wasn't it? It was 44 yards. <laughs> was it? Oh, no. I locked it. I locked it and you dumped it, so you you were right with that one. Oh wow, <laughs> super close! That was like probably one of the closest we've had. Um, Michigan will uh, only allow up to four tackles for loss slash sacks. Yeah. Um, for Notre Dame, they had ten. Uh, with uh, Western, they allowed. Hold on, did I get that right? Sorry, let me check. Double check my number here. Yeah, they allowed seven. So not so hot there. Right. Um, both of us liked that, so we were incorrect with that. Uh, Michigan will have both a running back and a wide receiver with over 100 yards. Higdon had 156. And so the closest receiver had, yeah. guess how many yards? Hmm. I'm going to say... Probably DPJ. Nope. Or was it Nico? Collins with 44 yards. Yeah. 
Okay, and then people, what do you have, 31 or something like that? Yeah, People's Jones was next. Uh, okay. Uh, yep, with 31. So, yeah. Um, so those were our locks and uh, lock and dump it segment for last week. I, so that will bring up for me probably my, mm, I don't know if I would say biggest concern, but the, the item that I want to see Michigan improve on from Saturday. Uh, right. We wanted to see a lot of improvement from Michigan from week one to week two. Now, if I could say, if, if uh, here's a good question for you uh, after I get done saying this. What's the one thing you want to see Michigan do better between uh, week two and week three now? One, if you could choose one thing that Michigan could get better at. For me, it's to see the passing game get to uh, the next level. Yeah, um, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, because uh, it, it's good. It, it's working well. The, the pockets, they're better. The offensive line is uh, holding up better so that the pockets there. But it just seems... Um, mediocre still right now against a team like a Western Michigan and against SMU. I feel like we should see better numbers. Yeah. And I think you're right. Now, you know, I, I was going to say the exact same thing is if you think about it, you got Higdon running what 140 yards in the first quarter. Well, yeah. And you know, Michigan last year did that. I mean, Michigan took on, the running game and really didn't have to pass. And I know there are there going to be fans out there. They're going to say, well, if you don't need to pass, then that's great. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all for it. If you have an offense that can pass well, but me, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a guy that's like, you know what? I want to see us go out there and start dominating in one area and then dominate in the other area. So yeah, we run, we ran well against Western. Well, we did that last year. Well, let's say we can throw the ball much better in the first quarter. And then we run some in the second quarter, third quarter, you know, I want to see a good healthy balance, but you're right. Seemed like we were already dominating in the first quarter of this game quite a bit on the line of scrimmage and pushing them around. But the first quarter I started saying, I want to see some more passing. I want to see some more down, down the field throws. I want to see Shea open it up more. Um, because I think, uh, our offensive line is just pushing around Western pretty easily and Higdon's getting all time to run and so did Evans. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. I think I want to see a little bit more passing in the beginning of the first quarter and second quarter. So, yeah. And I understand that, you know, once the game got to a certain point, they didn't really need to pass anymore. They were kind of just running in, letting it go. Right. Um, but just for perspective now, of course, here's another thing too. Uh, when Western played Syracuse, the game wound up being 55 to 42. So it was a closer game. So they needed to balance things out. Um, but even Syracuse put up 226 passing yards on Western. Right. Yeah. So it, it should, the ability should be there. Um, right. So I would, I would like to see that. First of all, I think it's a good thing because, uh, I think it's good for them to get used to uh, the get used to leaning on the re- like how the team has relied on the defense for so long. Now, hopefully they can uh, rely on each other, the offense and the defense. The offense has relied on the running game so much. They right. need to balance it out with the passing game. And I think something that would help that is seeing them. um just utilize it more. Get 
get the receivers being used to being used a lot. Um, I think, and and I'll I'll go to this then, kind of this conversation, the way that I'm explaining this with the offensive line too. I know people are saying, oh, well, it's just Western, so we're going to have to see how it goes. This, uh, and I don't think anyone's really dogging it uh, on the Michigan side, but I'll put the in this perspective that it's really good to see this because it, it's essentially kind of like practice where I'm not saying that playing Michigan, Western Michigan is so easy. It's like practice, but for the offensive line, the guys that we saw struggling playing in a game like this is like practice where they get that experience. They work on their footwork. They work on their, um, uh, their assignments and everything like that. And they they get used to it. They put another game under their belt where like, okay, I did this against Western Michigan. Now, of course, when you get to other teams, you're going to be better, but hopefully by then it'll become more of a second nature thing. You're not having to think about each step you take and, you know, what direction am I supposed to go and different things like this, where it's more of a second nature thing. So to see it now is optimistic. It doesn't say that everything's fixed, but it's on the right track. Right. So, yeah. And, you know, you can, you get to take games and I understand like, you, you know, we're like establish the run and then that'll open up the passing game. And that's exactly what it did in, in the Western game. And, and it worked perfectly well. And it was great. I think the plan was great and I think it worked out well, but now, now if you look back at the Notre Dame game, yeah, we tried to do that. We tried to establish a run. We weren't getting anywhere because they were stacking the box. So we need the passing game to pick it up, to stretch that field, the secondary. We need to get that secondary out more so it opens up more holes. And we couldn't, we weren't able to throw it either. So what happens is you're stuck. You were stuck with, well, either we're going to run it or we don't have an offense. And I'm more of like, you got to have a threat of both. You have to have, you know, each team comes in with a d- defense that's different you know you get western coming in here and say you know what this defensive line our offensive line was able to push them around knock them around and create huge holes we saw those holes and they were great um and for big runs too so but if you get a team in it's like hey you know what they got a, a great defensive line we might not be able to run on them we're gonna have to pass and throw some good passes down the field in order to open that up more and that's that's gonna have to happen this year so either I'm impressed with what they did for the for who they had to play, but you know, like you were you and I were talking about is you know maybe we need to see a little bit more passing up front. So yeah, and um, and I'm totally fine with that game plan of the idea of um, establish the run game and then build the pass game after that. Right. Yep. I yeah. just think that it would be important to um exercise the pass game so that in those scenarios where maybe you have like you you were alluding to and talking about and everything where your running game isn't getting it done you know you have faith in your receiving core mm-hmm. not necessarily saying you don't have faith in the, in them now but the more you exercise them the more they get involved in the game plan and the more game time they experience that they get being utilized is going to just be more beneficial later on Right. Now, I have a question for you now. Okay. <laughs> so the question is, and then we're going back to last year. We're going to go back to last year in the beginning of this season is something you brought up and you and you said it. 
on the show, and I remember you saying it, is do you feel that this, because everybody's excited about this win and how the offense looked, and we clicked on all pretty much all levels of this offense. We looked great. Do you feel that the fans and everybody else, even including us, are jumping on the bandwagon of, wow, we're really doing great, against a team like Western, is it similar to Rutgers than like last year? And I remember you saying on the show, hold up, hold on. This is Rutgers we're talking about. I think we need to take a deep breath on this team yet. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I feel like uh, me personally, I'm more optimistic because I look back at the beginning of the season with the Air Force and with the Cincinnati and how ugly that was. Right. Um, and so we're not in that um, circle. We're not in that realm of how Michigan is looking. So I'm more optimistic after a ter- uh, bad week one to see what Michigan did against Western Michigan. So I'm right. optimistic, but I, w- I do not feel like – and like you said, I didn't really jump on the bandwagon with the Rutgers and Minnesota game because – uh, right. For that exact reason, like we were just talking about, we just ran the ball. Right. And it's just like, okay, well, what happens when we can't run the ball? That's when a lot of people are going like, oh, Brandon Peters, Brandon Peters. Which, I mean, it happens. I, if I say, hey, you were wrong about something, unless it's you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not out here to, like, you know, give you crap or anything. I'm just saying, you know, that's that's the way that went down. Craig, I'll give crap to you all day. Um but no, but really, like a, a bunch of people were ju- jumping on the Brandon Peters uh, bandwagon, and it's just like, well, yeah, he won the game as the quarterback, right. but he didn't do a lot, um, and he yeah. was capable. He did some good things. I'm not, I'm not saying he wasn't able to do anything, but it was just like, again, like you just said, it was Rutgers and it was Minnesota, and we were able to run the ball at will. So when we got into the situations where we can't run the ball at will, that's when things became that's when the the offense became stressed and it did not produce as well. And that's why uh, I, we just had that conversation where I said, I would like to see more from the um, passing game because there will be games like that. At some point, there is no way that we're going to be able to run through every team. Our, our offensive line and our running game is not that good. Some teams can do it, but, but Michigan is not that good. Um, May uh, who knows? Maybe by the end of the season, they're they'll be a lot better. But I I don't see in any way that they could do that to every team where they're just like, hey, we're gonna run it and then we're gonna pass it to mix things up when we need to, and it'll help us. No, you, you need to be balanced. And so I'd like to see more against SMU because um, mm-hmm. there will be time that it will be needed. And I think uh, the MSU game will be a prime example of that where we know that we can take advantage of it if we use it the right way. Yeah, I agree. And I think what, you know, my question was alluding to is I think there are similarities and you can draw a conclusion to it saying, Hey, pump the brakes on this team because you did play Western. I understand that. Then there's also a part of me that's also saying, Look at that team that was against Rutgers, and you look at this team. <clears throat> look at the leadership in this position. The the big main leadership with Michigan is that quarterback. Look at the quarterbacks that we have in place. We got two quarterbacks. One of them, Shea, has a cool, calm, collected, 
part about him. When he's losing, he gets mad, he gets upset, and we love that. And we want that in a leader. And I think he wants to win the game like a Rudock does. Like uh, he has something about him. And then you get McCaffrey's the same way. He got ice in his veins. Like, you know what? I want to win this game. And they don't um, they don't let media, they don't let anything else bother them. They don't let the outside stuff affect them. And you can tell they're all about gameplay and they want to win. And and and, and I know Spate and Acorn wanted to win, but it seemed like a lot of distractions. It seemed like the leadership wasn't there mentally with them. Always said mentally they have a hard time when they're under pressure that they um, fold and sometimes they um, uh, fall apart when that happens. Uh, Peters, we saw that too. And But these two guys I see at the main position – um, seem to not have that, and I love that. And one of the things I love to see in this game, and we talked about this, is this Western game, is we needed a big win, a lot of points scored, so you can see the other uh, other um, deep within the bench get playing time, and we got to see that, and I loved to see that. That's exactly what you and I have been talking about for years with this team, is start getting these teams like that, blow them out, and then that way we can see, like, True Wilson was able to get in there. We got to see what McCurry uh, was in there, and that was cool. Um, a lot of other players were able to play, and that was really good to see. And those are the kind of players, they need game-time experience, and that's why I think blowing these types of teams out of the water is something Michigan hasn't done in a long time. I mean, think about it. What's the last time that Michigan's beaten a team by single digits? Do you know when that was? Being, I think that being Mar- a team by single digits? Yeah. Last time, I think it was Maryland in 2016. We beat them by a single digit. It was a field goal. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. You believe that? Yeah. You wouldn't think that, but it's, yeah, it's been that long. So that tells you it's been a while since Michigan's actually beaten a team by a single digit. So those are good, positive things that Michigan can come out with this is a lot of uh, bench guys got, got to play. Yeah, no, that was fantastic as well. Um, do you have anything else that you want to specifically mention about the Western game? Uh, we've got the preview episode here shortly after this to record too, so I was going to move along. Well, you got anything else right now? or No, just good to see Nico Collins and uh, Peoples-Jones and McCurry get their first touchdown. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, first one. You wouldn't think it would, but it was. Yeah, the McCur- uh, the McCaffrey to McCurry touchdown was a double first touchdown for yeah. um for both of them, and yeah, yeah, there was something else in there. But yeah, then the uh, then one last thing to kind of mention before some of these closing thoughts here, um, it was 364 days since a wide receiver for Michigan had. Uh, scored a touchdown. We had multiple yeah. ones, which was fantastic. I know that Steven alluded a little bit to that. I'm so, glad you pointed that out. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. so that was awesome uh, to see. Um, apparently, Shea Patterson was not aware of that stat, so uh, <laughs> really? I don't think I don't think that would have affected anything. But uh, I and with the, his press conference afterwards, he he was asked if he knew was aware of that, and he was not. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So. All right, well, uh, I'm going to do the quick uh, rundown of the Big Ten scores then. Um, And then we will uh, close with the final thoughts on the stuff that we did from our other episode. So, okay, 
Things not so hot this week for uh, the Big Ten uh, for some of the games and everything because um, Duke wound up beating Northwestern 21-7. to uh, Eastern Michigan wound up beating Purdue 20-19. Ow, ouch. Yeah, that's that's a rough one. Um, Wisconsin took care of business against New Mexico uh, 45-14. Nebraska also lost to Colorado. So Scott Frost, hey, familiar story. Debut is uh, the new coach, and you lose your first game. Yeah. Now, of course, this was a home game for them. Right. But uh, – uh, I was alluding to Harbaugh losing his first game at Utah um, when they played. Um, so 33-28, to 28, Nebraska went down to Colorado. Ohio State in the Big Ten matchup for the weekend uh, rolled over Rutgers 52-3, uh, very similar to the Michigan-Western Michigan score. Uh, Iowa and Iowa State in a uh, rivalry game that is a very that was very low scoring. Iowa won 13-3. Maryland took care of business against Bowling Green, 45-14. Uh, Illinois was kind of in a close one, but they pulled away from Western Illinois, 34-14. to Indiana in the close one with Virginia, 2016, they wound up getting the win for that. Minnesota uh, against Fresno State got the win. Uh, the Gophers got the win, 21-14. Uh, Penn State in a very sloppy first-half game. Blew things yep. open in the second half, 51-6 to over Pittsburgh in that rivalry game. And the late-night game that some of our callers alluded to, uh, Michigan State on the road in the desert against Arizona State, lost to Herm Edwards and his uh, Sun Devils, and uh, he, he played to win the game. <laughs> Hello, you played to win the game, yes. Yes. He did, yeah. I mean, that was great. So. Yeah, so he he was very smart with his clock management at the end. Did not let did not let Michigan State get the ball back, and close that out. So yeah, very smart play that was. I have to admit. Yeah. Um. Uh, then the just a couple things to mention. Um. Where we are? Okay. So, uh, we both got the under for the score predictions. Um, you got the lock and dump of Michigan with the passing touchdown longer than 45 yards. You dumped it. We both got our game locks of the week with, uh, I took Minnesota covering over Fresno state and you took Maryland covering over Bowling green. Um, and so that with that one point differential there puts you to lead with Craig with six points and I have five points. Wow. Going nice. into week three. So we need to have the discussion sometime. We need to do it. We need to figure out what we're going to be doing. I don't know if it's going to be like simply like somebody's got to buy somebody dinner. Somebody's got to do something stupid. I don't know. Anyways, we, we got to have that conversation here within like the next week or two, because otherwise somebody could break open with the lead and the other person doesn't want to take the wager. <laughs> it's true. Say, so, yeah, like I'm not doing that. Yeah. Something. Yeah. We'll come something. Yeah. So we'll have that conversation. Um, so yeah, that, that will be it. I think, uh, unless you have any closing thoughts. Nope. Nope. Good win. That was a much needed win. And, um, yeah, we'll see what they do with, uh, SMU. All right. Great. Yes. And we, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We will have the other episode, the preview episode. Uh, this is, this episode is releasing here on Thursday. This one will, the preview episode will probably actually release later on tonight. then. 
just for your reference, just so that you guys have some time to listen to it before the game on Saturday. So we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and everything. We hope your week has been going well. And until next time, uh, go blue. Blue.